Welcome to the podcast that we call the Assembly, the Assembly Worldwide, those who are in Christ and who are in fellowship with Christ and who have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. They are a part of God's Assembly, and thank you for being a part of this Assembly here on our podcast, which comes to you weekly as we seek to delve into spiritual matters that help us in living the Christian life, things that matter, things that matter eternally things that are the most important things in the world, we're convinced, everything that has to do with Jesus. And one of the things that has to do with him is learning how to focus on him no matter what comes at you in life. Life is full of what we might call storms. There are financial storms. There are health storms. There are mental storms. There are relationship storms. Just about every kind of storm you can imagine. And we're talking here about the conflicts and the suffering and the problems of life that come to us on every side. We are living in a world where there is always something troubling us in some way. Now, sometimes the things troubling us are kind of small and we're going through life pretty well and things are going pretty good for us. Other times, you know, out of nowhere, something big can happen that can change things uh, as far as serious suffering is concerned. And also there are people who are suffering and it seems like it never lets up. It seems like you're always suffering with something. So all of these different kinds of storms come our way and they make life very difficult. And there are several things that you got to keep in mind. And the number one thing is you got to stay focused on God. You got to look to God during the time of trial, during the times of suffering. Now that sounds so cliche. I understand that. I know that that sounds uh, like something you've heard a million times and you say, well, God should be stopping the suffering. It's a common objection. It's a common thought. And there's, you know, I won't, I won't even say that there's anything wrong with it. I would not even say that I don't understand where it comes from because if he's all powerful and he's totally good, then why is there suffering in the world? I get that question. That question has been around a long time. Gideon asked that question in the Bible. You know, if, if the Lord is on our side, then why have these bad things happened to us? And it's not an easy explanation because we're not answering for God. We can't answer for God. And, and when we answer a question like that or tackle a question like that, it would seem like that's exactly what we're doing. At least that's the way it seems to me. It seems like we're trying to answer for the God of the universe, which you just simply cannot do. But the fact that God is all-powerful and God is absolutely good, and yet there is suffering in the world, you have to remember that there is some kind of purpose served by suffering, whether we understand it or not. Isaiah 55, 89, the Bible says, and it's God talking, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and thoughts higher than, than your thoughts. In other words, I don't think like you do. You will not understand me. That's God's message to us. We're never going to understand everything about God and what he allows. But is there a purpose to be served by the storms of life? Is there a purpose to be served by suffering and by bad things happening? You say, no, there's not. Well, you need to think that through because there is, and even I can see that there is, and I'm not all that smart. There are people a lot smarter than me. You can see that there is if you'll just look at it. Okay, number one, what is the purpose of suffering? You and I could not be saved if there was not suffering in this world. Because if there were not suffering, then Jesus could not have suffered. And Jesus suffered and died for the sins of humanity. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that is a major amount, a large amount, a huge amount of suffering. Going to the cross, dying the way that he did. Now, God could have swept that under the rug. God could have said, okay, well, sin didn't happen. We'll just pretend sin didn't happen. 
but he doesn't remain holy if he does that. He does not remain the holy God that he is. And do I understand God's holiness? No, you don't understand God's holiness because we're not holy. But God understands God's holiness. And God understands why Jesus had to die for our sins. And rather than questioning that and saying, well, why did it have to be that way? Why do we have to suffer in order for Jesus to suffer? What we should be doing is falling on our faces, getting on our knees, thanking him for what he has done for us in Christ, because that is our way to go to heaven. That is our way to be with God eternally. And trying to figure it out is a waste of time. Being thankful for it, that's where the time needs to be spent, because Jesus is absolutely wonderful. The love of Jesus is absolutely wonderful. How great is God's love? How great would God's love have to be? How great would it have to be for him to come into the world in order to save sinners? That's an amazing love, and it is a part of what suffering is all about. Jesus suffered. The Bible calls him a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. That's probably Isaiah 53. But he's there with you when it comes to suffering. He knows what that's about. In fact, there's a story in the New Testament. You remember when they were in the boat, the disciples were in the boat, and a great storm came up on the sea. Jesus was in the boat with him. Let that metaphorically remind you that he's always in the boat with you when it comes to suffering because he's been there, and he knows what it's like to suffer. The book of Hebrews tells us that he has suffered being tempted, and he was tempted at all points like we are yet was without sin. You and I can't say that we are without sin, but we can say that we have suffered. We can say that we have been tempted. We can say that Jesus is in the boat with us. And they had to wake him up because they were so afraid. And Jesus was asleep. He wasn't afraid. He had confidence in God, which is where we need to get to in the storms of life. There's another occasion where a storm came up. Jesus was not in the boat with them, and he came to be in the boat with them. In other words, he was walking toward them, and he was walking on water. And Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. He got out and started walking toward Jesus and kept his eyes on Jesus and was actually walking on water. When he took his eyes off of Jesus, down into the water he went. And he said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and saved him. And there's another very good metaphor for looking at Jesus during the times of storms. As long as he kept his eyes focused on Jesus, he was fine. He was walking. He was, he was making it through the storm. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus, that's when he went down. That's when he began to sink. And let that metaphorically remind you and remind me that that's what's going to happen to us in life. If we don't keep our eyes on God, then we're going to sink. In other words, if we put our eyes on the circumstances and the problems and the sufferings, and that's what we focus on, then we're going to be defeated. We're going to be very discouraged. It's going to be very hard to have faith because you can't have faith in someone you're not thinking about. And we want to have faith in God. And faith in God means that you think about God and you put your focus on God. So don't let the storms keep you from focusing on God. Let them cause you to focus on him and to be reminded of his love for you. You say, well, how could suffering remind me of his love for me? Because if he didn't care about you and he didn't love you, he wouldn't care that you were suffering. Remember the story of Lazarus. Lazarus had died, one of his closest friends, and Jesus went there to raise Lazarus from the dead. But when he saw his friends weeping, the Bible says, shortest verse in the English Bible, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. What does that tell you? Jesus does care when you're suffering. He cares what you're going through. 
He's the most tender, compassionate friend that you have. And yet he's the friend that people in the world mock the most. He's the one that they question the most. He's the one that they put him on the witness stand and say, you owe me these explanations for the suffering and for the storms of life. And what they need to be saying is, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. And that doesn't mean that you'll come to understand everything. He doesn't ask that you understand everything. He asks that you trust him. So keep your eyes on God when the storm comes. Also believe that there is something happening in your life that is going to make you a better person. It's going to make you into the kind of person you need to be. If you can look back over your life right now and see times of suffering, then you can see how those times made you the person that you are more so than the good times. It is in the valley that we are changed and refined as though by fire. It is in the valley that we learn how to be a better person. It is in the valley that we learn how to trust God. It is in the valley that we learn how to face the obstacles of life. So remember, you're the person that you are because of what you've been through. Now, who caused it to be that way? Who brought you through those times? Who brought you through those difficulties? Who brought you through those storms? It was God who did that. And that's the reason he says in Jeremiah 29, the suffering people, I know the plans I have for you. I have plans to bring you through. I have plans to give you hope in a future. And that's exactly what he's going to do. This reason Romans 8, 28 says that we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. All things work together for good. Who's working them together for good? They don't just naturally do that. It's God that works them together for good. He takes you and he transforms you. And his goal for you is to be transformed into the image of his son. He tells us that in Romans chapter 8. He wants you to be like Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the perfect representation of his being. Jesus is what it's all about. Now, did Jesus suffer? Did Jesus go through storms? You think you're going to be like Jesus without going through suffering, without going through storms? If Jesus went through those things, it's not going to happen. That's not how it works. It's not even how it needs to work. You say, well, I know how things need to work. You don't know how things need to work. You don't know how this needs to go. You don't know how things need to play out. You don't know enough to enter into this discussion. I don't know enough. When I'm talking about all of us, we don't know enough to even ask God the right questions. We don't even know where to start. We wouldn't know how to engage in a conversation with God about the suffering in the world. We can ask each other. We can mock God to one another. We can say, well, if, you know, if this is true, if God is so loving, then why does this happen? And why does that happen? We can give examples of things we don't understand. But that's easy when you're talking to a fellow, a fellow sinner with a finite mind who does not understand these things either. It's when we focus on Christ and when we focus on God and when we think about God and we say, God, let me ask you some questions, then we get into quicksand very, very easily because we're talking to someone who knows everything, who declares the end from the beginning and who created you and who does what he pleases and created the world and controls the world and cares for the world. And we need to understand that these are things that we should already know but we sometimes forget them. So no matter what kind of storm you're going through, here's what Satan wants you to do. Here's what the flesh wants you to do. Here's what the world wants you to do. Anything you want to do except trust in God. Trust and make the decision that you are going to believe that God has your good at heart. And we see you know, all kinds of examples of things that have to be wrong in the world in order for things to be right. Now, I don't know if I've asked you this question or not, but I'm going to ask you now. Because people, a lot of people say, well, I didn't ask to be here. And what kind of loving God would put us here in order to suffer? What would you have said if he had have asked you? If he had asked you, do you want to 
exist? What would you have said? Maybe somebody would say, no, I don't. But most people would say, yes, I want to exist. I want to be a person. I want to be real. What if he then said, okay, you can have everything go your way and you can have everything go the way of your loved ones. In other words, you can have everything good happen to them. Nothing bad ever happens to you or to your loved ones. I'll keep everything bad from happening and it'll always be good or they can be human and they can live in this fallen world like everybody else and they can wait till heaven by trusting me and by living with me there before things are absolutely good. But in the meantime, do you want them to be human? Do you want them to live a real life? Or do you want them to just be basically uh, nothing but robots that have good things happening to them all the time, nothing bad. And you would say, no, I want them to be real. I want them to have a real life because there is no such thing as good without bad. There's no such thing as light without darkness. There has to be some bad in the world in order for there to be good. You can't even define good without defining bad too or talking about bad. Can't define bad without talking about good. It is, they go together. Now the question is, what are we gonna do about the evil in the world and the suffering that comes our way? We can either reject God, and a lot of people do. A lot of people say, well, if, if there's going to be suffering in the world, I don't want anything to do with God. Or we can say it's only temporary. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad it seems, it's always only temporary because this life is temporary. By focusing on God, we will see that. We will see that the storms will soon be over, and we will live in a place where there are no storms. But right now, this is the preparation period. This is the preparation place. This is the preparation planet. This is where we live for God and decide whether or not we want to live with him forever. So please make that decision. Make that decision and don't let the storms, don't let the problems, don't let the sufferings of life cause you to think the wrong way about God. Let those things bring you closer to God, not drive you away from him because he is a good God. He's there with you all the time. And there's going to come a day when you're going to understand a lot more about what went on down here than you understand now. And when you understand more, you will thank him. You will say, God, I love you. I appreciate what you've done. And hopefully, if you're going to say that then, you realize that's what you should be saying now. He's with you in the valleys just as much as he's with you on the mountaintops. Don't forget that. Don't let the devil rob you of that thought, of that knowledge. Don't rob yourself of it with negative thinking and negative self-talk. And don't let the world rob you of that by all of their constant chatter that is anti-God or against God. It is about God. It's about seeing you through. And God will do exactly that. Thank you for joining us here on the Assembly Podcast. We pray that these things will be a blessing to you convinced that they will if you meditate on them. Put your faith in God. Keep your faith in God. No matter what happens, no matter what storms come your way, things will work out if you trust in God Almighty. That's the key. We'll see you next time.